You're okay? It's wonderful to see so many of you here this morning. Welcome to those of you who've come with families who are having their children dedicated. Um, I've just got a question for you before we start. Who is competitive? Give me a wave if you're competitive. Who just couldn't really be bothered? Some people as well, yeah. Tend to be the one end of that spectrum or the complete other, don't we? I know, you know, you go on social media and it can be very competitive. Raising your children can be very competitive in, oh, my child can walk now. My child can say seven words now. My child is getting whatever on their SATs or whatever on their GCSE results. And it gets competitive because it just seems to without us even meaning for it to. Just pass me them lovely things there. Does this make anyone competitive? Now, this is not the normal monopoly. So if monopoly makes you competitive, this is a whole nother level. This is monopoly cheaters. You are allowed to cheat. Paul hates this game with a serious passion because he has such a pure heart. Me and the girls absolutely love it and relish nicking people's money and doing really naughty things. And I like doing the things that you're not supposed to do, but cheating anyway, because I think, well, I'm cheating, so I might as well just do it all. So this brings out the worst in me and Grace and Olivia. And Paul leaves the game because he doesn't like it. Can I have the other one? Can I have the other one? Hello? Hello? Thank you. I've only got 20 minutes. Hurry up. Uno. Anyone? Now, this is a whole other level of Uno. This is Uno Flip. Who's played Uno Flip? Oh, my word. You think you're about to win, and then they make you flip the cards over, and there's a whole other game on the other side. Really frustrating. Paul likes that one. That one doesn't bring the best out in me. But, you know, I used to work in a primary school. And the kids, it's just in groon in them. Who's the first one to get on the yard at break time? Who's the first one in the queue? Who's the tallest? Certainly not me. You know, and then sometimes it becomes competitive when you don't even mean for it to. So you just walk in, just walk in, just walk in. And I'm going to get there first. I know we're not walking with anyone, so it looks a bit odd. But we do it, don't we? Sometimes we'll race people in the cars. They don't even know the plane. But we still want to win. We race people to the parking space. Ha, 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 ha. I went the wrong way around, but I got it. I'll go see the prayer team after, I think. But I want to talk to you this morning about raising the best. And the dictionary gives us a number of definitions of the word best. And the first one is this. This is, this is best as a noun, if you know what that means. That which is the most excellent, outstanding, or desirable. Sounds nice, doesn't it? This is best as a verb. Outwit or get the better of someone. And I think that's the problem that we often have. We talk about raising the best and doing the best for other people. And then sometimes it turns into some sort of competition. And I want to talk to you this morning about raising the best. But not about being better than others, but about being the best you you can be. Raising the best with your children. And you know, you may be sitting here thinking, I haven't got any children. Raise the best in, in your roommate. Raise the best with your friends at school. Raise the best within your family. 
whatever you're doing, wherever you are relating, you can raise the best in those people. So whether you've got children or not this morning, this can apply to you. And it's not doing better than everyone else, thinking, oh, I'm doing better on my exams, I'm getting better marks on my essays, I'm doing better at work, I've got more sales, I'm doing better with this, I've got a better house or the bigger car or the better phone. It's not about that. But it's about bringing excellence and things that are desirable out, not only in ourselves, but in those around us as well. You know, and most importantly, I think God wants to raise the best in you. And you may be sitting here this morning, you may not believe in God, you may have come along for the dedications and you're just getting this for a bit of added extra freebie and you're thinking, can you hurry up because I won't go. But you know, God wants to raise the best in you. Today he wants you to know that he sees your life. He's seen every moment of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the best, the not so best. And he loves you all the same. And he wants to walk with you. And he wants to relate with you. And he wants to raise the best in you. He wants to help you raise the best in others and raise the best in your children. So how do we raise the best in our kids? How do we raise the best in those around us? And how do we let God raise the best in us? And I've just got a few thoughts for you this morning. The first one is, see the best. And I went online, and there are mountains and mountains and mountains of articles on why you shouldn't have children. There's lots of them. You know, and whether that's biologically having children or fostering them or adopting them, you know, and I'm sure there's the same amount of articles on why you shouldn't be in relationships, why families are bad for you, why every person in the world is not good for you and you should just live like a hermit, really. These are some of the best ones of why you shouldn't have children. It is going to get better, bear with me. These are some reasons why you shouldn't. They contribute to global warming. It's true if you think about it. You know, they say cows passing wind has a bad effect. Children do that a lot, don't they? They cost money. You get less time for yourself. No, really. For those of you who haven't got children. Projectile vomit. There we go, everyone's recognised that one. Not being able to go to the toilet for you, on yourself for an increasingly long time and then you buy a dog and you still can't that might just be me you know equally there are just as many reasons why having children and being in relationships is a good thing but it's whether we choose to see the best in children in our relationships and in people that we love that helps us to move forward the bible says this in ephesians 2 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, God sees each and every one of us as a piece of art, as something magnificent and wonderful that he's crafted and created, that is precious in his sight. So when you go on the internet and you read all these things, God actually says that's not true. Where people have said you're not wanted, we don't want you anymore, we don't want to be part of your life. God says the complete opposite, he sees the best in you and he wants to help you see the best in other people. You know, your children, your friends, your family and you are unique. You're a piece of art that God has created. 
Can we have the Van Gogh picture up? There we go. Anyone know what this one is? No. This is the Red Vineyard by Vincent Van Gogh. And this is what somebody at the time said about it. It was amateurish. It was strange, intense, and feverish. You may agree. You know, Vincent van Gogh only sold one painting in his lifetime, and yet today he's considered a master. Can we have the Monet up? This is Claude Monet's Sunrise. And the art critic at the time, Louis Leroy, said this. It's a preliminary drawing for a wallpaper pattern is more finished than this seascape. Bit harsh. <laughs> and yet again, today, we see Monet as a master. You know, we don't always understand art. We probably have our own taste, our own opinion of what good art is. And it probably differs from one of us to the person sitting next to you. You may like it, you may not, it may be good, it may be bad. You may think, I don't get it, it's odd and it's bizarre and it's weird. But whatever it is, we can appreciate it for what it is. You know, sometimes maybe your parents haven't appreciated you in the art form that you are. But God made you and he loves you and he wants you to know that there is acceptance for you, that he thinks you're fantastic. You know, there are times in life where people can put us down, just like people put these famous artists down that we would look at and say, wow, these are amazing artists. And yet at the time, they weren't accepted or seen as good things. But today we look at them and go, wow. Unless you don't like them, I suppose. You know, and your impact can affect people. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You know, there may be times in life for you where people have shamed you and put you down and said bad things about you. There may be times where you as a parent have done it to your children and it's hard to then pick yourself back up. It's hard to say sorry. But I want to encourage you this morning that there is healing and there's forgiveness when difficult times have been. There's healing and forgiveness for when people haven't seen the best in you. There's healing and forgiveness for when you haven't seen the best in others. And you can start again and start afresh. God's got a plan for your life. You know, and we can miss it. We can say, oh, I'm not, that's not my cup of tea. I'm not interested in that. Or you can start that plan today and say, actually, okay, I want to find out a little bit more. Sign up for the Alpha course. Or just come and speak to one of us. Come and speak to somebody you're with. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let those harsh words that other people may have said to you in the past make you think that I'm, no, I'm not lovable. Because I'm here to tell you today, you are lovable. God made you and he loves you. And maybe you've not lived in a lovable way towards other people. God wants to help you and encourage you and inspire you to see the best in those around you. You know, sometimes it's not always easy to see the best in your child. Their uniqueness, their differences, their interests. And that's why we need God. We need God to help us to see the best in us, to help us to guide them, to help us to give them wisdom, to be that one person who buys their piece of art during their lifetime and see the best in them. Second thing I want to say to you this morning is see the value in those around you, in your children in your neighbours, in your family, in your friends. Matthew 10, 29 to 31 says this, and this is Jesus talking. What is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin? 
but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it and the very hairs on your head are numbered so don't be afraid you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows you know very often we don't realize that we're valuable and that we're precious that we're important you know and sometimes we'll we'll be really good at letting other people know that they're valued but we don't always recognize it in our own life You know, I really and truly believe that the key to becoming a great parent, the key to becoming a great friend, the key to becoming a great member of your family is to have God in your life. And you may not agree with me this morning, but I'll tell you why I believe this. I believe this because human love runs out. Sometimes kids and people are unlovable. And it's not that you don't want to love them, but it's really hard sometimes to love some people, is it not? So when my love runs out, which it does, it gets to a certain time of night and it's beginning to run thin. But when my love runs out, that's why I need God in my life. And that's why I'd encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, to have God in your life. Because his love doesn't run out. His love is always accepting. His love always sees the value. His love always sees the best. God is the one who's there to help us to love when people are unlovable but also when our love runs out too. I remember as a child having a little china doll and its body was like soft, but it had little china hands and a little china face and little china feet. And I just thought it was the best thing in the world and I used to run around with it and carry it everywhere, run up and down the street with it. And one day I fell over and dropped the doll. And the doll's hand just broke into many, many, many pieces. And my mum took the time to superglue all of these pieces of this doll's hand back together because she could see the value, not particularly in the doll, but in the love that I had for the doll. Sometimes it's about putting that extra time in. It's about supporting one another. You know, we've all stood today and said we're willing to stand with these families and believe with them and help them as they raise their children. You know, just like my mum stood with me and helped me mend and fix my china doll that I love so much. So each one of us can help and support one another to help with those little things that go wrong and believe the best and put the time in to love and support one another. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7 to 8 in the Phillips Bible says this. Love knows no limit to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. And I want to encourage you this morning that God's love can help you bring that love into your family, into your friendships, while you're raising your children, that God's love is there for you to be that love when your love runs out, to help you to see the value in the best in those around you. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is see a future. You know, if you don't see a future in people, if you don't see that they can change and grow and develop, then how can we, how can we raise the best in them? How can we believe that we grow and, and become different? Isaiah 54 verse 10 says, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. 
says the Lord, who has compassion on you. You know, it's so important, I believe, to see that future, to see that future in our children, to see that future in one another and believe for the best for one another. You know, and sometimes we get it wrong and we fall. But when we see a future, there's a future. There's forgiveness. There's hope. When we see a future, we can give second chances. There's grace for those things that have gone wrong and where there's a mess. There's peace that can come and help build and restore relationships. You know, I believe that God has never given up on you, even if you've given up on him. I just want to tell you about a few people who you might recognize who believed for a better future. And the future that you see today wasn't the past that they always had. But at some point, somebody believed in them and their life changed. Jim Carrey, famous actor, you may like him or not, but there was a time when he was homeless. Albert Einstein didn't speak until he was four years old. Emily Blunt, again, another famous actress, as a child had a stutter. Benjamin Franklin quit school at the age of 10, and yet he went on to be the President of the United States. And Bill Gates, his first business failed. These people, they didn't always see the future that they have now in their past but someone believed in them. Someone raised the best in them. Someone stood with them. Someone encouraged them. Someone said, there's something more in you. I'll stand with you. I'll help you. I'll believe in you. And that's what this morning is all about. Us standing together, us believing in one another, us believing and seeing the best in one another. And we can do that so much in our own human strength, definitely. But I believe, and I know from my own personal experience, that there's more love, there's more value and I see so much better when I look through God's eyes than through my own and it helps me to love the unlovable, it helps me to see beyond where people are at now to a better future, it helps me to see the value in those who perhaps can't see it in themselves and maybe sometimes I'm not sure where it is myself but when we look at people through God's eyes then we see things differently, it helps us to raise the best and it helps him to raise the best in us. Philip Yancey says this, sociologists have a theory of the looking glass self. You become what the most important person in your life, your wife, your father, your boss, whoever that may be, thinks you are. How could my life change if I truly believed the Bible's astounding words about God's love for me? If I looked in the mirror and saw what God sees in me. And I believe that this morning each of us have the opportunity to look in the mirror and see the best of what God sees in us. And all we need to do is say, God, I want to see that today. And you may have been a Christian a long time. You may never have made that decision. But this morning you can look in the glass of your life and see it through God's perspective and see the best in your life, and see that God loves you, and see the future that God has for you. But not only that, it can then help you to raise the best in your children, with your friends, with your family, and not see the negativity, but see the love that God has for us. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians 13 again, and it says, Love knows no limit to its endurance. 
no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else is fallen. I'm going to pray and invite the band to come and join me. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the love that he showed for us when he died on the cross. And this morning, we just want to say, help us to see the best, not only in ourselves, but in those around us, that we may raise the best in one another. God, and I just pray for people this morning, if they don't know you, that you would speak to their heart and mind. God, that you would inspire and encourage them to make that decision and take that step. God, and we just pray a blessing again upon the families this morning and upon those children. God, I just pray that they would raise the best in their households, that they would see the best, that they would see the value and that they would see a future in and through you. In Jesus' name, amen.